Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi, thanks for joining me here. Today, I want to share from the first book I wrote that was printed. It's based on the verse Isaiah 62:3 that says, You shall be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord. The book is called Triple Crown Transformation, and it talks about three different crowns that will help a person find the rightful royal place in God's kingdom. The first crown is based on our vision, which I call see the crown. The second crown is based on our authority, which I call wear the crown. I know that both of these are struggles after the death of our child. Our vision, we can't see our future without our child and our authority, uh, who we are in the kingdom of God. I know both of those feel like they have just been totally crushed in us. And I did write this book four years after Becca died, not before she died. The thing is, I want to use this episode to talk about the third crown, though, which is our identity, and I call that Be the Crown. I used to do a lot of ministry traveling. I have been to well over a dozen countries, some of them multiple times. And while I was gone on one of my ministry trips, now this trip happened to be in the States, my daughter Becca was admitted back into the hospital for a routine IV treatment to help her body get rid of too many fluids. That's an issue when you have heart problems. When I got home, I went straight to the hospital from the airport to visit her. We spent a couple of hours together, and I went home and made supper for the family, and something just didn't feel right to me. So I hopped in the car to head back to the hospital. Now, her hospital was an hour away from us, and before I got there, Her husband called me on my cell phone to say that Becca's heart had given out and they were unable to start it again. Uh, There were three phone calls as they continued trying, and I did know that they weren't able to get it going again. So I ended up arriving at the hospital to see her body. Becca went to her eternal home to be with Jesus on October 12, 2011. Even though I knew without a doubt that she was in heaven and that I'm going to join her someday, the death of my child took me to a very dark place. And the blackness and the depression that I found myself in was scary. And there was no way I can put it into words. And I know if you're listening to this, you have experienced that same suffocating darkness. I began to hear from other parents who'd lost a child that I would never recover, that I would never be able to get past this darkness, and it would define who I am as a person from now on. And for me, this was just unacceptable because I knew I had the God of hope living inside of me. I knew that somehow my God had to be bigger than this horrible black pit I had found myself thrown into. God began to slowly bring me to that place of hope and of healing, although I will never be the same person I was before Becca's death. 
God began to slowly bring me to that place of hope and of healing. But I, I know I'll never be the same person I was before Becca's death. When a child leaves this earth before a parent does, it's like a part of you dies with them. It's like an amputation. Part of you is always missing. But it is possible to learn how to live with that part of you missing. And not only to live, but believe it or not, to thrive. And to still live out a God-given purpose and destiny. You have to realize that the death of your child did not blindside God like it did you or like it did me. Believe it or not, the worst tragedy of my life brought one of my greatest revelations. For quite a while after Becca died, I could only see myself as a mom who had lost her child. The intense grief was suffocating. My huge loss did become what I allowed to define me as a person. That first year was such a fog. The second year, the fog started to lift, which actually caused even more intense pain in me as the reality that my daughter was no longer here on earth started to hit hard. So if you are in that second year and it seems like the second year is worse or harder than the first, you're okay. That's, that's somewhat normal for those of us who've lost a child. For me, the third year became, I, I think of it, it's kind of like it was a, a painful resignation of trying to figure out who I am with that piece of my life stripped from me. And since everything was such a blur for so long, I can't tell you how or when it happened, but by the grace of God, I finally had a breakthrough of understanding that my identity was not tied to my circumstance of being a grieving mother. And also, by the grace of God, that started to release an even deeper revelation in me that my identity is not based on anything but who Christ is in me, that hope of glory that the Bible talks about. Most of us have somewhat of a grasp that we are in Christ, but it's not as often that we hear someone talk about how we also need to live from the revelation that God in all of his glory is living inside of us. We were created to be carriers of the glory of God. When Adam and Eve sinned, man could no longer contain the perfection of God's glory. When Jesus came to earth, God's dwelling place at that time was on the mercy seat behind the veil of the temple in Jerusalem. It actually started behind the veil of the tabernacle. Tabernacle means dwelling place. Before Jesus came, once a year, blood was sprinkled on that mercy seat to purify it for God's resting place on earth to be with mankind. God's glory was limited to the mercy seat on the Ark of the Covenant inside the Holy of Holies, inside the tabernacle or inside the temple. But God didn't want to stay behind a curtain away from the people he created. And he longed to be in an intimate relationship with them, with us. When Jesus died, 
The Bible tells us that his blood, I believe it's in Hebrews, was sprinkled on the mercy seat in heaven once and for all on our behalf. God's pureness no longer had to remain behind a curtain, which is why the veil was torn in two from top to bottom when Jesus died. We were no longer separated from God by a curtain. Those who accept the work of the blood of Jesus are seen as righteous. Some people, uh, the definition, uh, we say it's being right with God, being righteous. We are right with God because of what Jesus did on our behalf, which means that God's spirit can dwell or tabernacle inside of us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He lives in us. We are now the temple where God's spirit rests. And that is incredible. It's mind boggling. And that means we don't have to try to reach out out there somewhere trying to get a hold of God. I used to feel like when I was praying, it was like trying to reach out there somewhere to get a hold of God. But when we believe the price that Jesus paid for us on the cross, his spirit comes to live or dwell inside of us. That's why Jesus left, so the Holy Spirit could come and live and dwell inside of us. So now we don't have to reach, try to figure out how to get a hold of God out there somewhere because he is in us. So we only have to quiet ourselves and listen to God from within our own spirit. That's crazy, isn't it? We don't have to try to get a hold of God out there somewhere. We can get a hold of God who is inside of us. I can live from a place of rest, knowing that he is inside of me, and he will guide me with his wisdom and with his loving kindness from inside of me. God has so much to say to us, to you and to me, and much of it has to do with who he is inside of us and how to live from that place of rest and identity in him, in, with him being in us. It isn't about what I do. It's all about who I am. I am a carrier of the very presence and the glory of God. And I know it doesn't seem like that after the death of our child. In order to go forward in the fullness of God's identity in us, we have to let go of our own identity, which we have picked up. It has become, like I said, my identity was I am a grieving mom. I wanted to introduce myself that way. Hi, I'm Laura. My daughter died. That became my identity. So how do we let go of that? One way is to do something that God told us to do. He said in Psalm 46, verse 10, be still and know that I am God. I think some of us hesitate to do that because we're afraid God wants to tell us everything we're doing wrong. But God says in James 2, 13, that mercy triumphs over judgment. I want you to think about this. Out of all the many attributes of God, which is the one attribute he chose to be his dwelling place in the tabernacle? He chose mercy. The blood was sprinkled on a mercy seat. That's where his presence dwelt, was on the mercy seat. It could have been a judgment seat. 
but his glory came down and rested on a mercy seat. And I truly believe more than anything, God just wants to love on us. He doesn't want to judge us. He wants to love on us. But we won't know that for ourselves until we come to him in the stillness within our hearts to hear him speak to us from within us, from inside of us where he is dwelling, where he's living. The more aware we become of his spirit living fully in us, the less aware we become of our own identity, especially our crippled identity. Let me ask you something. When you go to the feet of Jesus, someone says, go to the feet of Jesus, take it to the feet of Jesus. Where do you see yourself? Is that at the cross? That's a place of forgiveness which has already been given to us. And Jesus isn't on the cross. He's sitting on a throne at the right hand of the Father. And we're told that is where we are seated as well. Ephesians 2, 6 tells us that we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. See, he is in us and we are in him. When I started seeing myself at the feet of Jesus at the throne, instead of at the cross, which is where he is now, it put me in a totally different place of identity because his throne is a place of glory, it's a place of power, and it's a place of authority. And I know that we can struggle with that thought, then why didn't he use that power and authority to stop my child from dying? But the thing is, This isn't the end. He told us that. The end, we're going to see the final power, the final authority. Remember, he is the alpha and the omega. He is the beginning and the end. He has the final say on everything. And this isn't the final say. This isn't the final work, the final thing that God is doing. There's more, more for our lives here on earth and more for all of eternity. In looking at Isaiah 62, 3, which is the verse I started with, you shall be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord. I have had to ask myself, why is the crown in his hands? Crowns are supposed to be on a head, right? But it says that you shall be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord. And when I asked him about that, I believe what I heard him say is you are a crown of glory in my hands so that I can place you where I want you so that he can put us in his place of choosing, his place of choosing. And if you and I are living from a place of true kingdom identity, then eventually, maybe not right away, but eventually we're going to be okay with that. There is so much freedom in living from a place of surrendering to what God is doing in our lives. For all of my adult life, I have told God to do whatever he wants to do to get me where he wants me to be. And many years ago, I was praying about a situation I wanted God to fix. It was one of those fix-it prayers and praying God's, you know, word over it and declaring authority and, you know, all that stuff over what this was. And there was one time I felt in my heart, he just stopped me and he said, which prayer do you want me to answer? 
And I had to stop and ask God what he meant. And he replied to me, you've always told me to do whatever I wanted to do to get you where I want you to be. And I want to use your situation that you're praying about right now that you want me to fix. I want to use that to answer this other prayer to get you where I want you to be. So do you want me to answer the prayer you've been praying for all these years? Or do you want me to answer the prayer to fix this situation the way you want it fixed? And I did surrender. And I I told God again, you are Lord, I have made you Lord. And I do want you to do whatever you want me to do to get me where you want me to be. And I'm going to trust you through it. And to me, that is the key to being the crown. Remember, I talked about see the crown, wear the crown, be the crown as a place of our identity, learning to fully surrender, trusting his plan over my own helps me to be the crown in his hands. I am living proof that you do not have to be stuck between your past and your future. You can be full of God's love. You can even be content, believe it or not. You can get to that place knowing that your value doesn't come from what you do or what has happened to you. You can know that your value comes from who you are in God and who he is in you. Yes, who God is in you right now. You can have and fulfill a purpose in life still and live in victory over everything, including the death of your child, everything that the enemy uses to try and take you out and try and make you ineffective in this world. My learning how to live out of the purpose of these triple crowns, these three crowns, vision, authority, and identity has been a process. It is still a process and it will continue to be a process until leaving this earth. I am still walking this out myself. Like I said at the beginning, what I just shared with you was the third chapter in my very first book that was printed, Triple Crown Transformation. I wrote it in a transition time between stepping down from an international children's ministry and starting our own ministry that we called Crown of Glory Ministries. And there's actually a story behind that name based on my name, Laura, and a song that my husband Dave wrote and actually recorded when we first got married. The story of this is on the website. It's uh, on gpshope.org. The tab about, there's a, a place under there, Meet Dave and Laura. And I'll put a link to it in the show notes just if you want to check it out. It's kind of an interesting story. Maybe it's interesting to me because it's my story. But anyway, it's the story behind Crown of Glory. Within two years, though, of making this shift into Crown of Glory Ministries, we realized that the direction God really was leading us was to have what we do now, our full-time ministry, Grieving Parents Sharing Hope, GPS Hope. And he just used that kind of as a transition period, I think, to ease us into what we're doing now. 
Most of you know in 2017, we sold our house to our oldest son and purchased a pre-owned motorhome, and we live in it full-time as we travel the nation bringing support and resources to grieving parents. And six months out of the year, we're parked in Wisconsin, where our family all are. But in October, every year we pull out to head to warmer places. Uh, Living in a motorhome in Wisconsin is not a good thing. So we pull out based on where there are places to minister. And I'll just put in here real quick, if you are interested in having us bring the Hope Mobile to you, just send us an email, office at gpshope.org. Let us know where you live, and uh, we'll consider coming to wherever you are. As I'm recording this, that means that we're pulling out again in less than a month. We are hitting mid to end September, and we're leaving in mid-October. Now, I don't know if you know this, but the storage under a motorhome is called a basement, and that's kind of funny, I know. And since we moved into the Holtmobile, in our basement, we have a suitcase of purple shirts. And the front says, keep calm and be the crown, with a crown on it. And on the back, it says Isaiah 62.3, which is the verse that I've been sharing with you. The thing is, we really don't want to take these shirts on the road with us for a third year. So we are drastically reducing the price to a clearance price of only $10. And that is going to include a free copy of the Triple Crown Transformation in a little booklet form. Or you can look at it the other way. If you want to get the full book, Triple Crown Transformation, for $10, we'll throw in a free t-shirt. How's that? However you want to look at it. So I want to ask you if you would consider buying one of these for yourself or as a gift or both. You can check them out in our GPS Hope store to see what the shirts look like and see what sizes are available. They are all adult sizes. And I will put a link to them in the show notes, but go to gpshope.org and you'll see a store tab. Just go in there and scroll down until you see the shirts. Enough about that. Let's go on to the birthday segment. First, we have Ryan Bradley, who was born on September 22nd and is forever 25. Brittany Evans was born on September 25th and is forever 26 years old. Cody Simmons was born on September 25th and is forever 25. And Cherie Martinez was born on September 28th and is forever 31. We know how important it is to have our children's birthdays remembered. And here at GPS Hope, We celebrate with these families the day these children came into the world. If you want to have your child's birthday announced and celebrated, let us know by going to gpshope.org slash birthdays. Just fill out the form with the information we need and submit it. I'll add them to the list and share your son or daughter with the other listeners the week of his or her birthday. And once again, that link will also be in the show notes. The Triple Crown transformation is going from no longer being paralyzed by your past, see the crown, to learning who you are in God, wear the crown, to learning who God is in you, be the crown. It's something I discovered based on my own life experiences through some pretty rough stuff, even before Becca's death, which I list a lot of it out in the book. 
And even before Becca died, I had a friend tell me one time, how much can one family take? I have learned how to break free of the negative things in my past that keep me from going forward. And when I say break free of these things, it's not an instant thing. It is a process, but there are moments of breakthrough, which I hope that this podcast and other uh, resources from GPS Hope does for you. I've learned how God's perfect love really does cast out all fear to be able to live from a place of peace and even victory despite the storms and the hurricanes the enemy stirs up in my life over the years. I have learned not to let my failures or my circumstances become my identity. I have learned how to allow the Holy Spirit who lives inside of me be a guide to help me stay on course to live out, to keep living out beyond the circumstances, beyond the pain and the darkness, to live out my God-given purpose and destiny. And if I can learn these things, you can too. You can. You can see the crown. You can wear the crown. And you can be the crown, just like Isaiah 62 3 says. It's a process. And GPS Hope is here to walk this journey with you. So hold on. Pain eases. There is hope.